Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Today we are rounding off our A Better Story series and we've been looking at one of the best short stories ever told, if not the best. And it's a story that Jesus tells and he tells it as part of three stories. He starts off with with saying, suppose a man has a hundred sheep and he loses one of them. Wouldn't he leave the 99 to go after the one and the whole audience is going, absolutely not. And Jesus says, the man leaves the 99, goes after the one, goes on this all-out search, and when he finds the one, there is a whole big celebration. And then he says, suppose a woman had 10 coins, and she's lost one. Wouldn't she flip the whole house upside down, searching for her, find it? When she finds that one coin, her all-out search finishes with an all-out celebration, because what was lost is now found. And then he zooms it in for the big punch, and he goes... Suppose a man has two sons and he loses one. And that's where we've been spending our time in this series is looking at the story of what's commonly known as the prodigal son. And week one, we looked at the story through the father's eyes. Then last week, we looked at the story through the older son's uh, eyes. And today, we're going to look at the story through the younger son's eyes. And I want to credit the work that Leon has done. Much of the content that I've got is as a result of Leon's hard work. Leon and his family are on holiday at the moment celebrating the end of what's been a really, really tough season for them as a family and we're so grateful that uh, for them as a family and grateful that they're able to go away um, and celebrate that. And so today we are wrapping up the series by looking at the younger son and we're going to look at it together in Luke 15. So Luke tells us what Jesus uh, said. He said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate." So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the youngest son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Not long after that, it's like the dad's just finished getting the money into his bank account, and he's straight away on Skyscanner, on EasyJet, getting flights off to Ibiza or wherever he's going. He's like straight, not long after that, he doesn't hang about does he? I remember um, when I was 18, I did a gap year with Youth for Christ, and I was dropped off at the Pioneer Centre in Calibri Mortimer. Shout out to our Calibri site. And my mum and my dad, they took me down, they dropped me off at, at Calibri Mortimer at the Pioneer Centre there. And I barely looked back and barely said bye to my mum and dad. I wasn't thinking about saying bye to them. I was just thinking about how excited I was to get going in this gap year. My mum said she cried the whole way home because her little boy was growing growing up. I'm sure some of you have had that experience of dropping kids off at uni either in the last couple of weeks or the last few years and that sense of they barely look back. Or maybe you dropped your kids off at school for the very first time, taking them to reception in their little backpack that's too big for them and they toddle off and you think it's going to be such a wrench for them to say goodbye to me. They're going to cry so many tears and they barely look back. And they barely remember you exist. And they toddle off and you think, where have I been left? And this is, the, this is what I get that sense of that moment of the, the youngest son doesn't hang about. He doesn't say, right, God, I'll stick around for a couple of months, get it all sorted. You know, we'll, we'll do a couple of leaving parties and I'll say bye to everyone. It's like not long after that, he's out the door and he has 
gone and he moved on. Imagine the pain of the dad as the younger son bolts out the front door. But the younger son isn't thinking about how it affects anybody else. He's just thinking about what he's got his eyes on. And he, you know, we use the term prodigal. We've come to understand that prodigal can mean someone who leaves home to live a life far from the values of home. And I think there's two dimensions to this. There's the dimension in the, in the natural where you have parental pain as a, as a child chooses a path that you wouldn't choose for them. I have that at, at the moment because my son has chosen blue as his favourite colour. <laughs> and as a Liverpool fan, just got to pray for him tonight. <laughs> now, I'm being a little bit silly there, but I know that there is parental pain and I want to give a shout out to parents who I think have got a really, really tough job. It's the toughest job on earth and as you watch your kids choose a path that you wouldn't choose for them, them going out with that person that you know is going to break their heart one day, they're choosing that friendship group, they're choosing that tattoo, they're choosing that career, they're choosing that thing that you know is going to cause them pain that isn't a path that you would choose them to go on. Man, that can be so, so difficult. And God knows your pain. Because God created this perfect environment for his kids to live in. He created this perfect world. And what did we do? We mess it up and we choose our own way rather than what God had for us. You see, God knows the pain that you feel as a parent. You are not alone in the pain that you might feel as you watch your kids do things that you know that you wouldn't choose for them. God knows your pain. But we're also talking about in the spiritual sense of prodigal, when, when a child, when a person chooses to no longer follow God or not follow God at all, to turn their back on God, choose their own lifestyle. And I know as a, you know, I've been here nearly 13 years now, I don't look old enough, um, but much of my time spent here is as the youth pastor. And, you know, when I think I could, I could name you without spending much time thinking, I could name you several young people who have made decisions to follow Jesus, who are no longer walking and deciding to follow Jesus now. And that brings me so much pain that whenever we pray for people to come back to God, those are the names that come to my mind. Those are the names that hurt. And if it hurts me, who was their youth pastor, I know that parents will be feeling that pain and it hurts God even more. But I'm talking about in the spiritual sense of prodigal is the broader sense of not just people who once followed Jesus and now have stopped following Jesus, but people who've never made a decision. You see, when, when you're lost, there's not a definition of you know, how lost you are. You're either lost or you're found. And so whether you once followed Jesus and you no longer follow him anymore, or you've never even thought about Jesus more than a swear word, this is what we're talking about. It's the sense of being lost. And please don't be insulted when I use that word, lost because you know you care about something that's lost you don't care about the fluff in your pocket that fell out that's not lost that's just disregarded but when you care about your phone and you can't find it it is lost and you go on an all an all-out search and so if you will fall into that lost category you are so valuable to us and you are so valuable to God and you know I want to say you know I titled this talk today when you're far from God You know, when you are far from God, it doesn't mean that God is far from us. You see, the father in this story that we'll see never stops waiting for the son to come home. He's not sitting at home on the couch scrolling through Instagram and scrolling TikTok thinking he might come in one day. He's actively waiting. The woman with the coin, she's actively looking. You see, just because you are far from God, it doesn't mean that God is far from you. 
I remember Russ, who's part of our staff team, he had a time where he wandered from God and I remember him saying in his story that he felt far from God and then the minute he gave, he said, he used the word, the slightest inclination towards home, he felt God was close again. See, God is never far from you. But why do people become prodigals? Well, I think, I've got a little theory and I think it's because of this. And it is because of this. There are four main disses that I think make people turn away from God and walk away from God. The first is disappointed. We can be disappointed with God. God, where were you when all that went wrong? God, why, why didn't you heal me? God, why did you give them that and not to me? God, where were you? Why did you let that person do that thing to me? We can be disappointed because we prayed into stuff. We've asked God for stuff. We've been on a journey and we feel like God hasn't shown up. We can be disappointed with God. And it's okay to feel like that. It's okay to talk to God like that. God's big enough, he can take it. But we can also become disaffected, particularly with church. You know, in church, we're full of broken people. We're like a gym. You know, in a gym, you don't go to a gym and they're all fit and in shape. There's overweight people in the gym. There's people who go to the gym, work out, and then go and eat curry after it. And the church is like a gym. We're all a bit out of shape. We're all a bit broken. We all go and do things that we know that we shouldn't. There aren't what we sing about. You see, we're, we're, we're broken people. That's what the church is made up of. And the church can cause some relational hurt. We can be hurt by each other. There can be some, you know, people saying that they're going to do one thing and doing another. There can be this excessive legalism. Maybe you grew up or have been around a church where it's all about religion and it's not about relationship. Or maybe there's been a failure in leadership. It breaks my heart when I see some of the things that have been in some of the Christian media recently about leaders um, who have fallen. And it breaks my heart. And what it can do is it can cause us to be disaffected with God and disaffected with the church. And I want to say sorry if you have been hurt by the church. We're not perfect, but I want to say sorry to you. And I want to say this church, we, we work really hard to be the best that we can to, to show you who Jesus is. We can also become disinterested. Now, this isn't necessarily a decision. The first two, you can kind of go, right, because of this, I'm now leaving, I'm moving away. But you can become disinterested that it's not a decision, but it's more of a drift. That maybe during COVID, you got out of the habit of watching church and engaging with church online. And then it, it, church opened up again and you thought, yeah, we'll go. And, and then before you know it, it's been years since you've even thought about God. And we can drift and we can become disinterested. Maybe you stepped off a team. Maybe you stopped going to your connect group. Maybe, you, you know, maybe your kids had football on a Sunday and there was this clash and you were trying to figure it out and then you slowly just got disinterested. Or the final dis is we can become distracted. And I think this is what happened to the younger son. I think this is what happens with so many of our young people is they're distracted by the bright lights that the world offers and the parties and the drink and the, the booze and the lifestyle and we can get pulled in by that and we can be distracted or we can be distracted by the things that lure us as adults, our career, money, pursuing that bigger house, pursuing that car, pursuing that development of ourselves, pursuing that degree. We can get, we can get distracted by things and all of these things can pull us away. And we can, be, we can be any of these four at any time. 
You know, I can be any of those four at any time, but all of those four disses, I think, have the potential to pull us away and, and bring us into being a prodigal. And the, the younger son, like I said, he's distracted and he gets into this place where he's living and squandering his wealth on wild living, it says. And he, he does make a turn for home, but not before he wallows for a little bit. And let's have a look through the eyes of the younger son. It says, after he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. I love that Jesus uses the word long. Remember we talked about not long after that, the sun was gone, and then suddenly he is longing for pig food. You know, we've got a dog. Uh, he's called Archie. He's a Labradoodle. He's a complicated dog. He's gluten-free. Um, and, so, and so we have to give him a raw food diet. His food is disgusting. It's like meat and bone and cartilage and veg all mashed up, and it is grim. Like when you defrost it, blood drips out. It's just grim. Okay. I was looking at it the other day, thinking about this and thinking, I'd have to be hungry for a long time <laughs> to be making his food and go, do you know what? <laughs> like, I'm talking months. <laughs> and I reckon pig food is way more disgusting. You see, it's it's written in such a quick sentence that we can skip over it. You see, not long after it, he left the home and then he finds himself in this place of a mess that he longs. It's not like he fancied a little, little bite of a pig food. He longed. That means he's going to bed thinking about the pig food. Like this place that he ends up in, I don't think he's there for a short amount of time. I think he's there for a long time. And I think the reason is... It's because his guilt and shame keeps him there. I know that because my guilt and my shame keeps me in the pig pen. There's times in my life where I've heard the voice going, how can you go back to church after what you did on Friday night? How can you call yourself a pastor after what you shouted out your car window this week? And we've all had it, haven't we? How can you call yourself a Christian after you said that to that person, after you made that comment on social media? How can you put your hands in, up in worship after what you did? We all have that place of guilt and shame. I'm not going to go to church this week because it's been a messy week. And that thing of guilt and shame can keep us in the pig pen, can keep us from doing the very thing that we need to to get back to close, uh, back close to being with God. And I want to say to parents again, you know, I think there's, there's a lot more going on in your kids than they will let on to you. They may well be in this place where they're in the pig pen, where they don't want to admit that they're in the wrong. But they, they, the guilt and the shame of maybe some of their decisions is holding them back from talking to you. Listen, parents, your job is to love them. Your job is to be there when they're ready to get up. Your job is to be there on the other end of the phone and keep loving them in the midst of their mess. Keep loving them. Keep being alongside them because that's what God does. 
God keeps loving us. God is there on the other end of a prayer phone when we decide to pick it up. God is there. You know, I love in the prodigal song that we released last week that we're going to sing live at the end of our service today. And it says, I thought I was too far gone, but you always leave the light on. You know, our guilt and our shame can keep us in the pig pen, but God is never far from us. And in fact, you know, Jesus is telling this story and he's preaching it to people. And a few decades later, this guy called Paul preaching in Ephesus, which was a bit of a naughty place, if I'm honest. It was like an episode of Game of Thrones set in an episode of Love Island. It was just a bit <laughs> naughty. And, and he speaks to the people and he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far from God have been brought, brought near And then hundreds, thousands of years later, we as a church are saying, you who are far from God, you can be brought near to. And the younger son, he has this moment where he figures it all out. And, you know, lots of people will call it an aha moment. And it's not like Alan Partridge, aha. Um, But it's, it's this, it stands for three things. It stands for awakening, honesty, and action. And he has this moment, so let's, I'll show you and I'll explain it as we go in, in, as the story continues. It says, when he came to his senses, when he's awakened, he said, how many of my high, father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. That honesty. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he got up, brought action and went to his father. He has this moment, this aha moment that actually if we look a little bit further, the moment of awakening where he says he came to his senses. What will it take for you, for me, for us to wake up? What will it take for the man who's flirting with that girl in the office who's not his wife? What will it take for him to wake up? What will it take for the person who's spending online and spending on ASOS and building and racking up that debt and ignoring it? What will it take for you to wake up? What will it take for that person who's tumbling further and further into a pornography addiction? What will it take for you to wake up? What will it take for the person who's becoming more and more dependent on alcohol? Because Here's what we do when we end up in the pig pen, is that we minimise it. It's not that big a deal. It's just, it's just a naughty website every now and again. It's fine. And we minimise it. Or we can rationalise it. Well, everybody in my firm goes out and, and you know, gets drunk on a, on a Friday or a Saturday. It's, everybody else is doing it. Or we justify it. I've had a hard day. I deserve some shopping. I deserve some retail therapy. Or we project. They've driven me to drink. If they hadn't said that to me, I wouldn't have drank those three bottles of wine. And we project it out. Or we give up. What's the point of even trying anymore? This thing has got me. I'm stuck in the pig pen for life. You know, how do we come to our senses? I think God can speak. God can speak into the midst of it. I think that's why it's so important to make sure that you are open when you come to church, being open-handed, being open to what God might want to say to you. He can speak through the words of the songs. He can speak through the words of someone preaching. He can speak to you through the message on the side of a bus. Be open to what God might want to say. But I think also we can wake up from when people speak to us. 
The book of Proverbs that we spent time looking at over the summer says this, for wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. You know, a number of years ago, um, there was a season where I made three quite big mistakes uh, in my role here at church when I was youth pastor. And it led to me being involved in in some disciplinary process with the elders. It was a really tough season for me. And um, at the time, I really felt like I was in the right uh, and I was being treated unfairly. And so I, I went to see a friend and a friend who I knew wouldn't agree with me easily. But I thought, if this person agrees with me, I know I'm in the right. But if they disagree with me, I'll listen. Thankfully, they disagreed with me and they gave me some few home truths and they were able to see where I needed to get my head out of my backside and I needed to own what I needed to own and said some stuff to me that enabled me to respond in the way that I needed to respond to that stuff. You see, what he was able to give me is an awakening. He enabled me to come to my senses. You know, the words of a friend, I'd rather be stabbed in the front by a mate than stabbed in the back and someone talk about me. I'd rather someone come to me and say, Andy, you were a bit of an idiot in that meeting. Andy, I've noticed this about you. I'd rather somebody come and speak to me than talk about me behind my back, because that doesn't help me. And we can also come to our senses by playing it down and playing it into the future and going, if I carry on this road, where does it end? And then we can have honesty. You know, he says, here I am starving to death. You know, when you're in a theme park and you want to find the ride that you want to go on, you don't straight away look for the ride. You go for those big boards, don't you? And you're not looking for the ride. You're looking for that circle that says, you are here. And it enables you, when you know where you are and you know where you want to be, then you can make that journey, but it starts with knowing where you are. So maybe you need to be brutally honest with yourself of where you are today. Maybe there's something in your life that is far from God. Maybe it's not your whole life, but there's an area, there's a thing in your life that you know this issue is far from God. Or maybe you do feel far from God. Maybe today is a brutal moment of honesty to say, yeah, here I am. I'm starving to death. Here I am in this situation, in this mess. You know, God's first question in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, was where are you? And then it leads to action. It says, so he got up. You know, there's an old Bible where it's called repentance. And you might have heard it a little bit. And it feels a bit heavy. But it literally, it means to, to turn and go the other way. It's like your life is heading in one direction. And you get up and head it in another direction. You see, the younger son, he knows that his life is heading to be spent in the pigsty forever. And he has this moment of action, of repentance, of getting up and turning and pointing his life in another direction. What's it going to take for you to get up? What's it going to take for you to put some action in, to turn, to say, this area, this thing, I know I'm far from God in that area, or I know everything about me is far from God. I'm going to get up today. Maybe you need to sign up to Alpha. You know, we Launched Alpha on Monday night, one of our two Alpha courses coming up this autumn. 
20 odd of, of us in a room. In fact, there was 30 of us if you include the team. And it was a great evening. The food was exceptional. Um, great content, great chatter on the tables. It's not too late for you to sign up. If you want to join us on Monday nights, then please do sign up. It's on the screen there. You can go to the connection point and go to our website or join us on Thursdays. Come and explore what it means to come close to God. Come and bring your questions, bring your frustrations, bring your disses with you. On Thursday mornings, 10 till 11.30, we're going to do brunch, pastries and stuff like that. And there's going to be free childcare. We'd love you to join us on one of those. So maybe you need to invite somebody. Maybe that's what, you, what you're getting up is that you know you've been, God's been putting his finger on and saying, why don't you invite that person? Why don't you talk to that person? Or maybe there's some things in your life that do feel far from God. When are you going to do something about it? When are you going to start living out your faith in the world? When are you going to start pointing your life in a new direction? I want to give us an opportunity before we finish. I've got a few more things I want to say, but I want to just pause here and give an opportunity for people to get up, to put some action in. And so what I'm going to do is in a moment, I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and I'm going to invite you if you want to, if there's an area of your life that you know is far from God or you feel far from God yourself, I'm going to give you a chance to take that first step, to put some action in place. And so I'm going to invite you to stand in a moment and then I'm going to pray. Okay, I'm not going to come around with a microphone and say, what are you standing up for? I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to pray, ask you to sit down, and then I'm going to continue on with what I've got to say. And so I invite you in all of our sites to just bow your heads, close your eyes. And if you know that there's something in your life that you need to turn from, or you feel far from God, or there's things in your life that feel far from God, I want to invite you to stand to your feet now and say, God, I'm getting up and I'm repenting. There's nobody looking around but me. And so if that's you, I want to invite you to stand. Thank you. I'm going to give it longer sometimes. You need a little countdown. Maybe if you know that this is you, but you can't quite get yourself to stand, I'm going to help you, give you a countdown, and then you can stand to your feet. Three, two, one, go. Great. Jesus, I thank you for these people that are taking action. God, I pray that they would know that they are not far from you and you are not far from them. God, I thank you that they have been brought near. So God, I pray that they would know you close right now. Jesus, I pray that they would know your love and your grace. God, I thank you that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so, God, I pray that they would know your mercy and your grace. 
but God, you would lead them on the next steps of the journey. God, I pray that this action wouldn't just finish with a standing up in a service, God, but there would be further action. God, I pray that you would meet them in this. Amen. You guys can grab a seat. Amen. The story doesn't end with the younger son getting up. It carries on and it carries on like this. It says, but while he was still a long way off, Jesus is a genius, isn't he? His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. This lad will have been practicing his speech the whole way home. He will have been dreading it, thinking that he's going to be kazazzed. We learned about that. The, the pot smashed on the floor and him cut out the family, thinking that his dad's probably going to knock him out, expecting to be spatter, to be cut off. And he's met with this mad, love-filled father running towards him, throwing his, his hands around him and kissing him. He must have been, like, had his mind absolutely blown. You know, I remember being in school, um, and I was not the best behaved in school. It will come to your shock. And um, me and my mates, we were into wrestling. And one, one break time, I basically did a wrestling move on my mate and ploughed him into a garden fence. And the garden fence completely shattered. My mate landed in the neighbour to our, to our school in, in his garden. The fence fell apart into a thousand pieces. And me and my mates did what any self-respecting teenage boys would do in that moment. We scattered in a thousand directions and told no one. The next day, I was in school really early, probably for a breakfast attention. And um, I was in reception and I could hear that my head of year was on the phone and it became apparent that he was listening, uh, talking to the neighbour whose fence we'd broken. And I heard my head of year say, well, we've got an assembly this morning. I will find out who did it and this person will be punished. And in my head, I thought, it's going to be worse if I let it go to assembly. So I went to my head of year and I said, sir, Look, I think I know what that phone call was about. It was me, I broke the garden fence. It was, it was my fault, you don't need to say it in assembly. So I went with uh, my head of year to his office. We sat down, he told me, you know, I'd have a detention, that I would have to pay for the fence. And the worst of all, he was gonna call me dad. What do you think I thought about the whole day? I didn't think about the money or the detention. The whole day I was like, what is my dad gonna say? got home from school on the way on the bus on the way home I'm practicing what I'm going to say I'm like thinking how I'm going to explain it to me dad my dad comes in from work and he goes son I've spoken to Mr Wadsworth who's my head of year I said yeah I know and he said son I'm really proud of you I was like what he said I'm really proud of you son I was like yeah it was a sick move dad you should have seen and he's like no I'm really proud of you because you did something and you owned up to it. He said, Mr. Wadsworth says you've got to pay for the fence. My dad said, I'm going to pay for the fence because I'm so proud of you. He said, you've got to save the detention. I can't do that for you. But I'm going to pay the money. You see, I did wrong. I made a mess of it. 
But my dad stood in my place and I'm going to say, I'm going to pay the price that he deserves to pay because I love him, because he is my son. This is what's happening in that moment. The younger son is looking at his dad going, what? This doesn't make sense. He was expecting Kazaza. He was expecting to be reprimanded. He was expecting to be told he was a disgrace to the family. And he gets a massive party. And what the father puts in his hands and gives him is so significant. Let's have a look at it. You see, it all happens dead fast. And Jesus says this on the next slide. He says, The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He's coming with his plan. He's going, this is how I'm going to work it back. I'm not worthy to be called your son. I'm going to be one of your hired hands. Let me be a servant. At least let me still be in the house. I'm not worthy to become a son. But the father says this on the next slide. He says, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son, not servant or slave, this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. You see, the father lavishes these gifts on him and it goes really, it's so significant. The first thing that he gives him is this robe because you can imagine the son, he turns up and he's these filthy, clothes they stink they're torn they're battered they're full of pig poo and all sorts of stuff it's the sign the outward sign of the mistakes that he's made his guilt and shame he's literally wearing it on his body everybody will look at him and go that's the boy who left home the first thing the father does is he wraps him in the best robe and he says my son is not going to wear guilt and shame he is not going to be visible from the outside what people are going to see is that he is forgiven and he is loved and he is part of this family and then the father he takes a ring and he puts it on his finger wouldn't have just been any ring from Argos it would have been a ring with their signet on the symbol of their family the symbol of the family's authority that he says you are back in the family and then he puts sandals on his feet he was coming to say I'm no longer worthy to be called your son you see in those days servants and slaves they didn't wear shoes And he comes and he says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And the father says, absolutely, flipping not. You are a son, get some shoes on your feet because sons wear sandals. And then he brings the fattened calf out and he says, son, I've not been letting that that calf go skinny while you've been gone. I've kept feeding it and feeding it and feeding it because I knew that one day you will come back home. I have never lost hope. You might have been far from me, son, but I have never been far from you I have lived this day a thousand times because I knew that you would come home because God waits and waits for us to come home and then he throws a massive celebration it's not a consolation goal it's not a goal that you know that makes us four nil up it is a goal that warrants an open top bus celebration because what was lost is now found what was no longer near and what was far is now home you see God rejoices you know if you've made this decision if you've already come home then we want to invite you to be baptized at the end of November that is an all-out celebration on that Sunday where we celebrate that people are moving from darkness to life from being lost to being found you know Henri Nguyen Henry Nguyen however you want to pronounce it there was disagreement in the team this morning said this God rejoices 
Not because the problems of the world have been solved. Not because all human pain and suffering have come to an end. Not because thousands of people have been converted and are now praising him for his goodness. No. God rejoices because one of his children who was lost has been found. Are you lost this morning? Have you never made that decision? Or maybe you made that decision a long, long time ago and you've wandered, you've become this something and you want to say today I'm coming back I'm coming home give me that robe give me that ring put those sandals on my feet kill the fat and calf sorry vegans I want to celebrate because I want to come home if that's you I want to give you an opportunity right now to make a decision to say yes to Jesus say Jesus I want to follow you this church exists to help people find and follow Jesus And so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to do the same again. Close your eyes, put your hand up this time if you want to say yes to Jesus. Our hosting team in Hell's Own will come and put a a booklet in your hand uh, and then I'll pray for you. And so I'm going to ask everybody, close your eyes, bow your heads. If that's you today and you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, to come home, whether it's the first time or you're returning to Jesus, I want to invite you to put your hand in the air right now go thank you nice and high so the host and team can see Father God I thank you that we get to make a decision to turn to you God I pray for anybody who's making that decision right now to come home to you God I pray that they would know your love and your grace I pray that they would know the feel of the best robe being wrapped around them that they are forgiven God I pray that they would feel the ring and the sandals on their feet knowing that they are your child God I pray that they would know your love your grace your forgiveness your mercy And I pray that they would know the joys of what it means to be home with the Father and walking close with you. In your mighty name. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to stand because we're going to have a little bit of a celebration, celebrating that people have made a decision to come home today. We're going to celebrate the decision that maybe you have made, that you maybe it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. We're going to celebrate that we can come home. We're going to sing that prodigal song and we're going to celebrate that even though we thought we were far gone, God always leaves the light on. But here's what we're also going to do. We're going to celebrate what's already been done, but we're going to celebrate what's to come. Because I'm believing that there are prodigals that are represented in this room that are far from God that are going to come home. And so part of my singing and celebration is going to be, hey, I'm celebrating what God's done in me, but I'm also exhibiting how I'm going to celebrate the day that they come home. So if you've got a child, if you've got somebody in your family that you are desperate to know Jesus, then celebrate like they've come home. Celebrate and say, God, this is how I want to celebrate on that day when they come home. Because, you know, this isn't, this isn't hype. This isn't me getting you hyped up into a celebration. This is the deepest thing that we can ever experience as a church. This is about lost people coming home. This is what we're about.